Welcome back to the She Does This podcast. I'm your host, Geordie Lucas. This week, I'm joined by all-star survivor contestant, Brooke Jowett. Join us as we talk about how Brooke battled with her cultural identity at a young age, her experience on Survivor, working alongside fitness powerhouses Laura Henshaw and Steph Claire Smith, and her latest venture, Jersey Label. Here's my chat with Brooke Jowett. Technology has not been our friend today. This is take two for us. Brooke, so excited to have you on the podcast this week. Thank you so much for your time and so excited to chat. How are you going? Hey, Geordie. I'm really well. I'm so excited to join you today. Thanks for having me. Of course. We've got so much to talk about. First of all, I want to take it back to pre-survivor, pre-living in the spotlight. I want to hear about your childhood because you've opened up previously about some adversity and challenges that you faced growing up as a Sri Lankan Australian. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So just to give you a bit of background, my mum was born in Sri Lanka. She came to Australia quite young, um, met my dad, who is your so-called typical Aussie, blonde hair, blue eyes. Um, Yeah, he was a tradie, completely different kind of person to my mum, but they, you know, obviously got along very well. And then Mm. there's a um, mixed bag myself. So (laughs) um, for me growing up, I never really understood much about culture and diversity. Um, But in saying that, there were times where people would ask me where I was from or... um, try to understand why I had darker skin and for me I didn't really know how to answer to that I was never really educated on on you know where we where we grew up and what it was like and um yeah my response used to just be oh why don't you guess where I'm from or mm. try to answer it in a way without saying that I was Sri, Lank- Sri Lankan which is really sad thinking about it now because obviously I was ashamed to say that um and I think that stemmed from Uh, having kids kind of pick on me for being darker, um, which I must say, it didn't happen all the time. I'm not saying that I had a really tough upbringing, but there were definitely times where um, my sister and I would would get picked on for being dark or called Aboriginals or just little things that kids would say that um, definitely made us feel like we had to hold that part back of who we were. For example, one time my sister and I... um, came home to dad and he still tells his story because it really upset him um and we just asked him we're like dad why did you make us brown because we just yeah it was it was tough um but I absolutely love being Sri Lankan I'm so Mm -hmm. proud of that part of me my family is incredible our food's amazing and the country's beautiful so that I as I've grown up I've definitely become um a lot more thankful for my culture and a lot more understanding of, of the positives that come with that. So when did it shift for you? When did it go from embarrassment to pride? I think in my late teens, I, growing up, I didn't really understand it. Um, being in my teens, I think people used to make fun jokes about it a lot more. Like my friends would joke about it and um, nickname me things, which you know, I never really stood up and said, don't call me that because mm. I don't know, maybe that was just my way of dealing with it. But um, I think I just avoided the topic until maybe I was about 18 or so. Yeah. Wow. So let's talk about Survivor. Mm-hmm. You were on the 2016 
season? I was. So I was in the um, season one of Australian Survival in 2016 and then mm. just uh, last year filmed for the All-Stars se- uh, series that was on earlier this year. So were you like a super fan of the American season? Is that why you wanted to try your luck mm. on the show yourself? To be completely honest, I had never watched the show before. I, oh, wow. Um, I was working an admin job, which I absolutely hated, and it was in television. And in the background, there was uh, an ad that came onto Channel Ten that said, "Apply for Australian Survivor." Mm. And I was like, "Great, this is a good way to get out of my job and have a bit of bit of an adventure." Um, <laughs> so that day at work, applying <laughs> for for the show, and somehow got on, which was amazing. So, what was the audition process like? Oh, crazy. So the written part itself took me about three hours. There's a hundred. They're all questions that are extremely controversial. Like what's your opinion on monogamy? Would you ever cheat? Um, What's your relationship like with your mother, your father? And all these really deep questions that I think I answered so truthfully that I completely forgot to put my video in. And I received (laughs) that. Um, loved your responses can you send us your video and I was like oh (laughs) but yeah some of the questions were insane Um, and then after that stage there was about probably about eight different stages after that physical tests swim tests psych tests um, yeah you name it I went through it Is there a temptation to answer with slightly controversial responses? Because people on reality TV are characters and I feel like you need to be somewhat controversial to get on a reality TV show. So was there an element of that? I think you do. Like I I um I spoke truthfully, but I also probably told more than I should have just yeah. because of the selling point. But definitely people do that. I remember in my audition for season one, there was a person who came into their um, the audition. There was a group audition with maybe about 10 people in there because mm-hmm. they wanted to interact. And this girl walked straight in, got her paperwork and stood staring at the wall. And that was it. Wow. She didn't see anyone. She was just like facing the wall, like a few centimetres from the wall, I'm talking, really, really different. Um, and I thought that must have been a tactic or, or something. <laughs> How bizarre. It obviously didn't work for her or did she make it on the show? No. (laughs) So this process sounds quite long and invasive. They really put you through the ropes just to even get on the show. Yeah, it was. So the group audition, they they got everyone to sit in a circle with chairs facing in and then they'd bring one and put them smack bang in the middle while everyone's looking at them. And then ask a question such as, I remember the question for mine was, um, how would you feel if your son came out and said he was gay and how would you react? Mm. And you had to respond to that in front of all of these people. Um, obviously they wanted to spark a bit of um, controversy and arguments and yeah. everyone definitely turned it on at that point. <laughs> they, I'm going to share my opinion. I'm going to say it loud and strong. Yeah. <laughs> now what made you want to audition for this show? Because For me as a viewer, the thought of going on a show like this sends shivers up my spine. The challenges, the eating gross things and then eating not at all, no sleep, sounds like my worst nightmare. Why did you want to sign up? Because it's not for everyone. Yeah, so um, for me growing up, 
my family's always been quite outdoorsy. My dad's grown, um, sorry, my dad's brought us up to try everything once. That was mm. his life lesson. It would be, oh, eat this and if you try it once, if you don't like it, don't have to do it again. Or yeah. um, jump off this or do this swing and all these crazy little things we used to do. Um, and I think that's what shaped me into being like a real go-getter. Um, and I wouldn't say because there are some things that I'm scared of, but it's definitely opened me up to being a lot more adventurous. And yeah. um, Fiverr was perfect for that. And so what was that moment like when you got the call saying, we want you on the show? Oh my gosh, it was insane. And for some reason, part of me, I got to the point where I was doing the medical tests and doing checking my heart and blood tests. I was like, surely I'm in, otherwise I would yeah. not be to these extents. So I was confident enough to actually quit my job before I found out. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> when I found out, I was still so excited. I just walked inside and my family knew from my face that I had gotten yeah. in, um, which was amazing. It was the best experience oh, today. Sure. Were you still really nervous though? I was because there was such a short turnaround. I think it was a, like I was leaving in four weeks and wow. at, I wasn't, I wasn't going to gym. I never ran. I didn't do all these fitnessy things I do now. I was yeah. just into adventure um, and fit enough, really. So yeah. got to that point where I was like, all right, need to start running and training for things. Um, so I did what I could, but I definitely was not in the same shape as I was the second time going around. Mm. So having gone through the experience twice, what was the most challenging aspects of it mentally and physically uh for me it differs between the two the two seasons so season one the hardest part for me was by far the sleep deprivation and the mm. cold I think people don't really see like you you're in a tropical um location and you assume it's quite warm but it is not warm at all I was so cold I had no clothes for about five days except short shorts and a singlet because that's what you bring to the <laughs> you want to look cute when you yeah. go over <laughs> um so I froze my ass off for for a few days um and I was sleeping about 20 minutes a night it was awful oh my um, god whereas this time the biggest thing for me was missing home it was much it was a much more mental um yeah mental challenge for me because I have a niece and nephew now that I didn't have four years ago who I love and I see all the time um, and I was missing them so much and mm. yeah, it really took a toll on me, especially because this time the game was a lot harder. The stress was more intense. The players were more intense and I just yeah. missed that warmth from home. Does it really mess with your head on that show? The fact that you really can't trust anyone? Like, I feel like that would be the thing that would mess with me the most. Absolutely. So this, the all-star season was it just made me so paranoid to the point where mm. I'd lay there at night being like, what, like what's going on? Someone's walking down there talking about it. They're trying to vote me out. Like you just couldn't sleep. Your mind's constantly ticking. Mm. And yeah, I just, I can't explain how tough this most recent season was mentally. In terms of physically, I've always wondered as a viewer where do production draw the line? Obviously, you guys lose a hell of a lot of weight. You're mm -hmm. malnourished on the show. 
really extreme tough conditions physically. How often are you checked in on to make sure that you're physically okay? Like how far do they let it go before someone's like, oh, you might need some medical attention? Yeah. So what's good about it, um, which is obviously production side you don't see you do get a you get weighed and you get your blood pressure tested um i think it's every two to three days yeah so track of that um and in saying that they will say your blood pressure is high or low or you're dropping weight really quickly and they don't do much to help but it's just to i mean if it was extreme that they they would Mm. and times where this uh, most recent season i got really severe rope burns on my hands in the first week to the point where you could like it was it was like looking at a scientific kind of model of the body it was disgusting too much detail there but it was (laughs) and um I ended up getting them bandaged and had to sit a few things out for that reason but I got the medical attention because they were really bad oh god so what are some of your tips like how did you stay mentally strong throughout the process because the the mental strength that that this show demands is off the charts like how did you get to that place where you were so capable I think um definitely taking the time to do meditation is such a helpful thing to do I definitely did that before I went out this time and it's something that really helps with those challenges where you're it's like an endurance challenge, for example. And one of the ones that I did, I had, you had to stand on really pointy um, like foots, foot pedals and excruciating. Mm. It was so painful. But I managed to just zone off, like switch, switch off and kind of just take my mind somewhere else, mm. which kind of see watching it back in my face, I just kind of just zone out. I don't want to be spoken to by anyone. I'm just in the zone. And I think that all comes from practicing it through meditation. Yeah, wow. So how did the show change your life? Obviously, it gave you a profile. How yeah. has that changed your life? I mean, yeah. obviously, it's changed a whole heap. It has. So going into season one, I I didn't know what I wanted to do career-wise. I I think I said I was, I was having a midlife crisis in one of my interviews and I watched it like, what are you going to live to, 46? <laughs> <laughs> I was 53 at the time but I just I just felt so lost and I I didn't want to work in an office job um and I didn't didn't know what I wanted to do and as soon as I left season one I was like I love this fitness stuff I absolutely love pushing myself and motivating people and I enrolled straight away to be a PT which mm. was the best thing I've done um and then to change my life even more during the all-star season that was this year um that's when kick the keep it cleaner girls um and their managers discovered me because they saw that my bio said fitness professional yeah um, my emails um and then the rest is history really I want to talk more about the kick partnership uh in a minute but I always love asking people who actually have a qualification in in some sort of health and fitness area yeah what is your opinion and feelings on people on instagram who give unqualified advice oh my god you mean every second person on instagram (laughs) yeah i know (laughs) it's such a pet peeve of mine and i have no qualifications like but it really irritates me yeah absolutely especially um 
seeing just people pushing this bikini body and this is how they got there. And then I looked them up and I'm like, wait, how do you, how is this? You're a, you're a model. Yes. You're gorgeous. But where are your qualifications? Yeah. <laughs> There's so many people that do it. And I think it's such a risky thing to do when you don't know what you're talking about. Um, and I feel like it's just dangerous, dangerous waters. I also think it must be frustrating because you've like paid for the degree, you've done the time, and then there's people that do sort of cash in on Mm -hmm. giving baseless, you know, advice and information. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's definitely another pet pet peeve of mine as well. Um, But I guess you can't stop it. Yeah, that is a frustrating thing, isn't it? The annoying thing, well, the good thing for me is that people – know that I'm qualified. Uh. <laughs> so let's talk about Keep It Cleaner. Steph Claire Smith and Laura Henshaw are just like goals when it comes to online business and, and Keep It Cleaner has just become this like empire. Absolutely. So they contacted you to jump on board? Yeah, their um, CMO, Michelle, she was a big Survivor fan. Sorry, I'm letting her secrets out. But um, <laughs> she, she was watching it had seen my bio and just um, sent me an email off the back of that asking if I was interested and I didn't want to act too too keen <laughs> like let me think about it but really I'm, mom guess what <laughs> because they the girls are some two people who really inspire me um mm. and I I even remember last year I think it was last year I, I got myself a dreams journal and in my dreams journal, it was like, where do I want to be in five years? And I said, following in the footsteps of Laura and Steph. Wow. Yeah. So I, I found that the other day, actually. I was like, oh, that's quite cute because that's, I'm part of that, that group now, which is wonderful. Yeah. That's amazing. So you're the hit master trainer in the program. Do you deliver workouts for the girls and the members on a weekly basis? Yeah. So yeah. have they still have their daily workouts, which is done by um, the girls themselves. And then within the app, there's this amazing locker, um, which has all of the trainers. There's a few other trainers as well who are all incredible. Um, and then click on my name. So you click on my workouts and it comes up with all my workouts, which range from uh, starter to your more challenging workouts and uh, every few weeks there's another challenge that's thrown into the, the schedule. Mm-hmm. So my, tomorrow is some brutal jumping lunges um, <laughs> challenge. So it's nice to still have that um, interaction with the community through that. And it's a huge community as well. I've just checked. They've got 312,000 followers just on Instagram. That is incredible. Now I want to hear all about Jersey Label, which is your latest venture. It's an eco-friendly activewear label made from recycled plastic bottles. How does that work and where did this idea come from? So I've wanted to do activewear for quite a few years now and it's always been something that I wanted to do. But then I look in my cupboard and I'm like, I just have so much activewear that either doesn't get worn or was in trend once and now it's not anymore. So I kind of just let it sit there in case it comes back in fashion. But mm. I just to put more waste out there and yeah. oh, I'll, maybe not or maybe and was tossing about it for a while. Um, and then months ago, maybe I think it was end of last year, I started to think maybe I can do a sustainable activewear range and actually 
you know, get rid of that um, mindless consuming, which comes from so many different activewear labels being out mm. there. Um, so I created Jersey and I started working on it last year and brainstorming. I have come such a long way from my very first um, designs. Yeah. They were not so cute. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I put so much time into it. Um, I've got samples, um, samples from so many manufacturers because I wanted to find the very best one. I've tested them under literally every single circumstance you can have every situation and yeah I'm so happy with the finished product it's it's insane to to think that it's all made from recycled plastic bottles how does that process even work yeah it it doesn't sound like something that is possible but what no. happens <laughs> they get all the plastic bottles which could be from landfill um or just from the oceans things like that and they melt it down and then spin it into fibres, which then makes this yarn, um, which then makes your clothing. So when I was looking into it, I was like, okay, surely this is going to be like really rough material, won't be very flexible. It is the most flexible, breathable um, and most flattering material, which is, it's just insane. Wow. So what have some of the challenges been? I imagine having a platform and a presence on social media really helps things out in terms of the marketing. But when it comes to sort of the back-end business stuff, how have you managed to deal with that? It's um it's been such a learning process because I I've got experience in social media um and those kind of things, but never have I made a website. I made the Jersey website from scratch myself. Mm. Um did help it I just tried and tested so many things for months um and yeah I guess um what my partner always tells me is it's like if you if you don't know it now look like you can look it up study it learn it and then do it yourself if it's something you get someone to do it for you um which is pretty you know general terms there but um (laughs) Pretty, that's pretty much what I did. I, I studied things. I did LinkedIn learning classes. Um, I just did whatever I could to, to try and get this going myself. So is it really just like a one-woman venture? It Apart is. from your manufacturers, obviously. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, but I made, I designed it all myself. Um, I researched. I um, set up the website. I package it myself. I do everything myself. I've designed all the... Um, the bags, the cards, everything. Yeah. I've, I've used really earthy designs and designs that are quite timeless. Mm. So what I mentioned I didn't want to do was to have those in-trend pieces that will be around for a month and then you won't wear it after that. So all of my colours are quite um, not basic as such, but they're, they're timeless. So my first drop has been a dark green, which is like a lovely earthy emerald green, uh, which goes with everything and won't go out of fashion. And then a mm. black, everyone needs a black. Yes. Um, going forward, it'll just be colours like navy and some more earthy colours like that. I just don't want them to be really quick turnaround. Try wear a couple of times and see you later. So what are your hopes for the label for the future? Obviously, you've only just launched. What are yeah. the goals and, and hopes for the future of Jersey? I want, so I'm already working on my second drop, which has been really exciting. And um, 
after that, I really want to build it up enough to be able to add a charity element to it as well. So it can have um, an option at the end where you could donate to cleaning up the oceans further or some other charities. Cause I really feel like that would be something that would obviously help a lot of people, but would also really um, fuel myself and fill me with yeah a lot of joy yeah so where does your passion for sustainability come from I think that definitely stems from my upbringing and how much I love outdoors I've been forever um I live by the beach so I see the you know all the waste around there which really bugs me Mm. I can't and when people litter um and yeah my family and even my friendship group are all really big lovers of animals outdoors and yeah Mm. so looking into the future for Brooke what are some of the hopes dreams and goals for you personally and professionally oh well right now Brooke works a full-time job also is a PT and does her active wear label (laughs) oh my gosh oh I would love to get Jersey to a point where that can be my main my main source of income my main Mm. goal so much more time into it I really want to branch that out and um, maybe even move into men's uh, men's activewear of that as well because right now it's just female-focused. And I'd really love to find more time to take on more PT clients and, and do more of the fitness stuff, which I love. Yeah. And if you could go back and tell Little Brooke one thing, what would that be? Um, don't doubt yourself. Ever be proud of who you are. Don't hide it. And Sri Lanka is awesome. They make <laughs> don't be embarrassed. <laughs> Brooke, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this week. It's been amazing having you on and all the best for the label. Thank you so much, Geordie. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'll be back next week with another episode of the She Does This podcast. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search She Does This. Give us a follow and keep up to date with the latest from the site. Have a wonderful week.